Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast. At Basana Health, we focus on whole body wellness, connecting physical, spiritual, and mental well-being. We are wellness collaborators with our members, and we embrace our community partnerships. Basana Health promotes holistic and functional care while focusing on transformative lifestyle changes. Welcome to our podcast, where you can take a virtual step towards optimizing your own health and wellness. Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast, episode number 17. Today we hear from Seth Davis, an adult sleep coach with the company Sleepably. Seth will tell us about how sleep has been impacted with our recent pandemic, and then we'll go into detail about how a sleep coach can help both adults and children. Listen in, you won't want to miss out. So I'll start by telling you just a bit about myself. I've lived in Colorado for about 30 years now, so I basically consider myself a native. I think I've earned that right. (laughs) I'm married and I have two young sons, ages two and five. So they both keep me pretty busy and keep me in good shape chasing them around. People often ask me how I got into the world of sleep and how I became a sleep coach and why I became a sleep coach. Actually, it really came about because of a personal need. I had dealt with, with sleep issues in my younger years here and there. But once I you know, graduated from college and went into the professional world as a, a journalist, then things really kind of hit the next level. And so you know, I had um, work pressure and I had deadline stress and I had you know, just all the things that come along with, with being an adult. And so that basically led me down the road to dealing with insomnia for probably at least 15 years. Um, So I just, you know, I spent a lot of having trouble falling asleep and trouble waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to fall back asleep. You know, I was feeling, you know, really tired during my days and just being generally miserable for, for several days a week. So during that time, I visited, you know, a couple of primary care physicians just to ask them, you know, if they could help me with what was going on. And I received a couple of sleeping pill prescriptions And, you know, at that time, I didn't know much about sleeping pills or the negatives about them or anything like that, but I was convinced that it just wasn't a sustainable option for me. I didn't, I didn't want to spend that going to, I didn't want to go down that road for the next 30 or 40 or 50 years of my life, just relying on those. During that time, I just, I experienced a lot of feelings of kind of helplessness and frustration and worry about, you know, when is this ever going to end? And, you know, those feelings are kind of still kind of fresh in my mind just because I had dealt with them for so long. But about three years ago, I decided to, you know, make a change and take matters into my own hands. So I knew that there were, there was such a thing as pediatric sleep consultants who could help kids sleep. But, you know, I, I wondered what the options were available for adults. So I did a quick Google search and I saw that there was such a thing as a sleep coach for adults. And it was a fairly new, you know, kind of burgeoning field. There are a couple of certification programs, but it just, there wasn't, you know, it was just something that was just coming along at that time. And I just, you know, I kind of thought, well, I can either spend that money and hire somebody to sleep coach me, or I can spend the money to become a sleep coach and, you know, use that newfound knowledge to solve my own problems and then, um, you know, help other people sleep. Fast forward a few years and a couple, a few different certifications, and I'm sleeping better now, which is, which feels amazing. I'm now in a position to help others, others sleep, other people who are in the same position that I was in before. So it's been really rewarding. I started a company called Sleepably with a couple of pediatric sleep consultants, one of whom is my wife, and then our business partner, Sarah. So basically, we'd, our mission is to you know, help people of all ages to sleep better. So 
you know, working with babies all the way up through adults to help them address their sleep challenges and find strategies to, to solve those. Here's a quick look at just what I'll uh, cover today. And instead of starting off with describing what I do as a sleep coach, I figured that I, was, I would start out by talking about just how, especially this past year with the pandemic and everything else, has really you know, contributed to sleep issues for a lot of people and how it's just underscored the importance of sleep and why we should especially be getting enough sleep at this time. You know, I'm assuming that most people who are viewing this are pretty familiar with sleep and how important it is. So I'll touch a little bit on, on that briefly, but I'll also you know, spend more time on just how recent world events have, have impacted sleep because I feel like it's pretty interesting. Figure that discussing the sleep problems that we're seeing in the world right now kind of leads into uh, me talking about how I address those issues as a sleep coach. Pretty much everybody asks me, what is a sleep coach? And so I'll explain more about that and what I do as a sleep coach and how I would love to work with, with some of you if the opportunity arises. Obviously, everyone sleeps and some people need more sleep than other people. Some people find it easier to sleep than others, but everyone still sleeps. New studies come out all the time focusing on the benefits of sleep, such as some of the ones you see on this slide. But, you know, it just in general, we're usually better versions of ourselves after a solid night of sleep, along with exercise and nutrition. Generally, getting enough quality sleep is one of the most important things that we can do to uh, protect our, our physical and our mental health. So you'll see sometimes that, you know, those are, those are called the three pillars of health usually. And then sometimes you'll see that the fourth pillar is stress management or um, connection or interaction or something like that. But in general, sleep is one of the, the three pillars of health. And, you know, some of the things that we love about sleep is that it boosts our immune system. So um, it fortifies us against illnesses like the flu and the cold and probably even COVID. Um, it gives us energy to be at our best when we're at home and at work. It improves our uh, memory and our cognitive performance, um, our decision-making and our judgment. And it boosts our mood so that we can deal with, with challenging times like we've seen over the last year. It helps us to eat healthier and it provides more energy to be physically active. And it protects us from the negative effects of stress and anxiety, which again are, is especially important um, based on what we've just been through over the past year. So those are just a few of the many, uh, many benefits of sleep and why I love helping people get more of it. And here you see some, a lot of the unwanted consequences of not getting enough sleep. So most of these apply to your work and your life at home. These are just some of the things of how it affects you. So you'll see a lot of, you know, when you're not sleeping well, you, you can be irritable, you can be tired, obviously. Your memory can be sort of impaired, judgment making or decision-making and judgment, be more prone to making errors. And then you see some things that are, that are more interesting, like social loafing, which basically means if you are working in a team of people in a team environment, or I guess at home too with your family, um, if you're sleep deprived, you might actually be more likely to let other people sort of shoulder the load while you just slack off a little bit. So obviously that's not great at work. And, you know, along the same lines is um, being averse to complex tasks. So, you know, if you're at work and you have a choice between doing this this big project that's going to be make a big impact or this small thing that's that's you know easy and kind of mindless you when you're sleep deprived you might you cherry pick and choose that that uh, less complex task so so just in general you can kind of see how it affects us at work and at home and how when we're, when we're not sleeping enough we just you know we're not as great of versions of ourselves as i said and unfortunately it's pretty common to see sleep issues and symptoms like this these days you may have heard these, these older statistics, but the American Academy of Sleep Medicine has said that 
about 30% of adults have symptoms of insomnia and about 10% of adults have, uh, have symptoms of chronic insomnia to the point where, they, where it impairs their, you know, their, them during the day. So it's pretty prevalent across the United States and the world. And those numbers continue to increase due to things like, you know, just stress, daily stress, busy schedules. We're living in the digital age now. So we're, we're glued to our phones all the time. And just, you know, things are changing over the years. It's making it harder for us to sleep. And those statistics actually come from, from the years before 2020, which was, you know, in itself was a pretty big uh, growth factor for sleep issues. And now I'll just take a look at a quick look at how uh, the past year has affected people's sleep. As someone who constantly pays attention to sleep and just you know keeps an eye on it, um, I find it really interesting to observe how big world events like last year can can impact it. Um, so they did a big study in the U.S. and it showed that 69% of Americans believe their sleep was healthier before the pandemic began. You know, obviously, you know, there's been a huge jump in the number of people who, who feel like they're not sleeping as well since, since everything began last year. In the U.S., there was a, almost a 15% increase in, in prescriptions for sleep disorders between February 16th and March 15th last year, so right around when the pandemic started. Um, and so before that, those numbers had actually been declining. So just a huge jump in the number of people who are seeking out sleeping pills or getting prescribed in the UK, a big study found that 43% of British people are now finding it harder to sleep. And of that group, 77% said that lack of sleep is interfering with, with their daily ability to function because they're having you know, daily fatigue, they're having concentration issues, their mood is lower. So it's just impacting their, them during the day. And then another study in the US found that one in five people um, report having trouble sleeping three to five times a week which is up 220% from before the outbreak started. So just from all these studies and these surveys that, that I'm seeing, you know, it's just obvious that a lot of us are kind of struggling to adapt to everything that's gone on and how everything is constantly changing. And there's so many, you know, so much, so much uncertainty in the world and that just keeps, keeps going for a while. So, you know, we're seeing that a lot of people who've struggled with sleep issues in the past are finding that their sleep issues have gotten worse. And a lot of people who have never had sleep issues are all of a sudden dealing with, with problems. <clears throat> so that's kind of just a, a look at how the pandemic has affected us. And then, you know, just the pandemic has brought on these changes to our daily lives as well. You look at, you know, changing routines. And basically, you know, before the pandemic, um, people's lives probably had a different structure to them. So people probably commuted to work at a certain time. Um, they probably ate their meals around the same time each day and drop their kids off at school around the same time each day. We probably had some, you know, attended social events regularly that, that occur regularly or went to the gym around the same time. And so all those things that we had that are sort of, they're sort of anchors for our circadian rhythm. They basically, you know, they help us, they help us to know like when it's time to be alert, when it's time to be drowsy, just the appropriate times for our body to do certain things during the day. And all those things have been, have been changed or, or uh, eliminated because of COVID. You know, when, when we lose those things or everything changes, then that can throw our circadian rhythm out of alignment and that can lead to sleep issues. So maybe now we're waking up later because we don't have to commute or kids are attending school virtually, so we don't have to take them to school. Or, you know, we used to go to the gym at a certain time and now we can't even go to the gym because it's closed. And so we're not being as physically active. And so just, you know, all of those with all those things, it's probably safe to say that people's daily routines have changed in at least a few ways over the past year. 
and then families. So as much as we love our families, the, you know, just the dynamics around our relationships and the time that we spend together have also been changing over the past year. So maybe, you know, we're possibly spending more time than ever around our family because our kids might be attending school virtually, or so we have to, you know, juggle more parental duties during the week, or we might have two partners who are working from home now. And before that, you know, it's, They'd, they'd both been in offices. Now there's just more challenges, you know, to deal with it with that. And at the same time, you know, as that, you might be feeling more cooped up at home with your, that you might be feeling more cooped up with your immediate family, then you might be feeling more sort of isolated from your extended family. So maybe you're not seeing, you know, not seeing grandma because you can't go travel to see her or even, you know, even family who lives across town, you haven't really been able to go visit them or you've had to cancel trips to see people. So you know, basically whether you may be feeling with dealing with feelings of, of being disconnected from some family or in some cases feeling a little bit too connected, it can be enough to add more stress to your life. Sunlight, you know, I, th I think, you know, sunlight is a really important factor that keeps our circadian rhythm in check. When we get enough of it in the morning and throughout the day, that's a signal for our body to be alert during the day. And it can, it can alert our, boost our mood and improve our health. But when we don't go outside or we're cooped up inside for work during the day in our, you know, dimly lit homes, or we don't have to commute or drop the kids off, then it's possible to sort of deprive ourselves of sunlight. And when that happens, then our sleep, sleep system, our circadian rhythm can kind of start to drift in ways that can impact our sleep. So you might find that it's harder for you to wake up, or you might feel more tired during the day, or it might be harder for you to fall asleep. I've worked with a lot of people over the past year who have found themselves getting a lot less sunlight than they used to, and it's, it's showing up in how they sleep. And then, of course, anxiety related to the pandemic. And, you know, since the pandemic started, we've had a lot of um, situations that cause worry and anxiety. And I'll, you know, I'll include the recent election in there and everything else around that. People have just been dealing with a lot of unknowns. So people are wondering, you know, how safe is my job? How is this going to impact my finances? Am I going to get sick or is, is my family member going to get sick? How will my, my child's school function during all this? You know, how long is the lock or the lockdowns going to work? Um, so it's just a lot of fear and anxiety and just keeping us, you know, it's keeping people tossing and turning through the night and it's keeping our minds racing, and our stress elevated. And so we're seeing a lot of that as well. And it's, it's also interesting to note that women are almost twice as likely as men to report anxiety related to the pandemic because they might be um, related to juggling their, you know, more responsibilities at home or virtually schooling and other added responsibilities. So we're just seeing with women that it's, they're more likely to report that it's affecting their sleep as well. Mood impairments. So I, I mentioned earlier that prescriptions during that first month of the pandemic or the start of the pandemic went up by over 15%. And during that same time, antidepressant prescriptions went up by about 19%. It's showing that people's moods took a big hit at the start of the, the pandemic and that mental health in general has just been declining over the past year for a lot of people, according to a lot of studies I've seen. And they've shown that sleep and, and depression can kind of have, have a bi-directional relationship where sleep causes or sleep problems can cause depression, depression and can, depression can contribute to sleep problems. So we're seeing a lot of that as well. And one other interesting thing that you might have heard about is that a lot of people are, are experiencing chronic nightmares that are keeping them sleeping from sleeping throughout the night. They've done studies showing that, or surveys showing that people have had, have had a big uptick in the amount of nightmares they're having and 
Um, it's probably related to stress that's just leaking into their dreams and causing them to, to wake up during the night. You know, I've worked with a lot of clients just over the past year who are, you know, having, you know, they've noticed their dreams are more vivid, they're, they're more disturbing, and that they're more likely to wake up because of these dreams. So it's just another interesting kind of side effect of the stress from the pandemic. And then finally, so the pandemic has moved the majority of people from the office to the home office. So working remotely has the potential to introduce a lot of elements that can actually impact sleep and uh, make it worse for a lot of people. They've shown 81% of people are now working their full-time jobs from home. So it's been this massive movement where people who, you know, maybe they'd never worked from home or rarely worked from home and now they've been having to adjust to it. And so, you know, some people do better than others and, and some people, um, it can actually cause some problems for them. For example, they've showed that people working from home, 72% of people now report that they're working from bed at least part of the week. And that's a big jump from before, obviously. One in four people say they're working from bed within an hour of falling asleep more often. And 100% of those who worked from bed, either more or less or the same as before, uh, had a higher likelihood of being kept up at night due to doing feelings of anxiousness, stress, or, or worry. We're seeing less work-life balance because people are working later. I think now that people you know, are working out of their homes, there can be that temptation to just send one more email or check one more thing that can add, add levels of uh, stress and anxiety. We're seeing just less you know, separation between our work and our rest times. When, you, when people worked before, at least there was that commute where you, you, know, you close your computer at work and then you drive home. There's just that separation and you can kind of separate a little bit. But now you know, people are working right up until bedtime and then closing their laptops. And you know, it's not good for, the, for relaxing before bed. And a lot of people are just are viewing screens right up until it's time for bed, which is not a great idea too because of blue lights. So yeah, just more challenges from working from home and we're seeing more people having sleep issues because of that. And one more thing related to working from home and just, and just in general being more, you know, the quarantining and being at home is that they're showing that uh, people who work from home and feel isolated tend to sleep less. So if they feel like they're kind of isolated from coworkers or from other people and that human interaction, they actually sleep less in this survey that they did. And people who worked from home but felt uh, but didn't feel isolated, they tended to sleep more. So I just, I think the takeaway is that you know, our sleep might benefit from just more human interaction and just trying to reach out and inter interact with other, other people. And this last chart I'm showing is just something I think is interesting. Um, so I've been doing more presentations for about sleep for organizations lately. And before each event, before each seminar, I do a survey. And so I just ask people, one of the questions is what's impacting your sleep? And so I just wanna find out, you know, what are some of the most common things that, are, that we're seeing? So you can see in this, this chart that anxiety, stress, or depression is the biggest one. And then bad habits. I think those, those ones have been around since before the pandemic. But then you see current world events and pandemic stress are number three and four. And then we have other things like schedule, family stress, working remotely, finances. So you can see that current world events and pandemic stress have really just crept their way up there to where they're right behind anxiety, stress, or depression, and bad habits. So it's just you know a sign of the times that these you know, everything that's happened in 2020 has really affected people's sleep. And it's just it kind of reflects my own observations too. That just working you know working closely with a lot of clients. Uh, I've seen a lot of people who have never experienced sleep issues really until last year came along. So just uh, it's, a, it's a trend that hopefully will improve in 2021.
So as I said, a lot of people ask me, what is a sleep coach? And so I'll do my best to answer that question here and kind of give you a better idea of what I do and how my services could be complementary to some of what you and this group do. So my approach to sleep coaching is based around cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia or CBTI. It's heavily based on that with some other things mixed in. So CBTI is basically has become the frontline approach to treating insomnia. So it's taken the place of sleep medications and other things like that. Some of the major things that it focuses on are cognitive restructuring. So we take a look at, you know, kind of identifying negative sleep thoughts that people are having and beliefs that they have about sleep and reframing them more positively. And we look at behavior change. So we take a look at, you know, which, which behaviors might be standing in the way of their sleep. So maybe they're, you know, keeping an irregular sleep schedule throughout the week or spending excessive time in bed or just, you know, doing a lot of these other things that they might be harming their sleep, basically. We look at if there are dealing with, with uh, increased stress and anxiety, we look at how we can use the relaxation response to counteract the, the stress response and to, you know, kind of help them do away with that stress that's blocking them from sleep. And we also look at sleep hygiene, of course, you know, you've probably seen most of the tips, you either know them or seen them online, but um, we make sure that the person has the education about sleep hygiene, why it's important and how we can provide a plan that keeps them building better habits and improving their sleep environment so they can just kind of clear the way for better sleep. And along with that, I've also earned a certification as an integrative adult sleep coach. So that kind of takes a more holistic look at all aspects of a person's life to see what might be affecting their sleep and what can be improved to, to help their sleep. Because there's just so much that goes into you know, how a person sleeps. Obviously, you have the brain, which is probably the biggest factor, but then you have all kinds of external factors like the sleep environment. You have, you know, their nutrition, you have their stress, you have medical issues that might be alongside this medications are taking what's, you know, how their general satisfaction is with their life. So there's just, there's so much that goes into it. And so all of these things can influence a person's sleep. And so when I'm working with a client, I try as much as possible to understand where they're at now, where they're at currently and identify any areas where we can make adjustments to improve their, their sleep. It really is a personalized approach to each client and it's finding out, you know, what's going on in their life that's impacting their sleep and discovering how they're best motivated to change and then creating a personalized plan for them that allows them to make positive, sustainable changes while sort of moving at the right pace for, for that person. Because everybody kind of moves at their own pace and needs a different level of, of motivation. Kind of the specifics are my coaching involves um, we do in-depth intake forms intake forms to get a solid picture of their background their lifestyle their thoughts about sleep and all that that stuff um, i have them treat, track their sleep for at least the first week and often throughout our, our work together and then when i work with them you know we do video chat or phone calls and then we do check-ins by email or text message so it's kind of this checking in every week you know reformatting the approach if we need to make tweaks and then just uh, modifying their routines and upgrading their thoughts and beliefs about sleep and making changes to their sleep environment and whatever else is, is helpful for that individual person. And so I wanted to, uh, just out of that, I wanted to kind of highlight a few things that are really important when I work with clients. Thoughts. So I find that addressing you know, thoughts and beliefs that they have about sleep is one of the most impactful things that, that we can do for people who are struggling with sleep. 
Now, as someone who who formerly dealt with chronic insomnia, um, I can attest to how much of a roadblock the the brain can be for sleep. Can either you can work you know can work with you to help you sleep, or it can work against you. I find that when I work with clients to take a closer look at the thoughts and the beliefs they're having about sleep, they're thinking about something like, "I'm going to feel terrible if I don't sleep tomorrow," or "I am just not a good sleeper," or "You know, I'll never be able to fall back asleep if I wake up." So those are just examples of people kind of creating their own stories about their sleep and that, you know, those, the stories will only continue to be reinforced if they continue that, that negative thought process. You know, we work together to sort of shine the spotlight on those little thoughts and to, you know, either prove them wrong or inaccurate or replace them with more positive thoughts. And so it's amazing when we get to this point where we've, we've dealt with that, a lot of people feel like the kind of a weight's been lifted off their shoulders. They just feel more positive about their, their ability to sleep. They can kind of see, they can see how their thoughts were inaccurate and how they were able to kind of bust through that and, and have better thoughts. So it's basically just getting them in a mindset where their brain is working to support sleep rather than to fight it. And along with that, just similar to the chart I presented earlier, these numbers come from a survey, the surveys that I've been taking for uh, corporate employees. And so you can just see, you know, of the people who indicated they're de dealing with sleep issues, this chart just shows some of the more common issues that people have regarding worries and busy minds. So a lot of people are dealing with racing minds or they worry about how they'll, they'll feel after they sleep poorly or how poor sleep is affecting their health or whether they'll be able to sleep tonight or how much sleep they'll get. So it's just, they have all these thoughts and worries kind of circling in their heads and that can actually, can actually prevent them from getting good sleep. So it's really working to, you know, kind of face those head on and, and turn them around. And so another big part of this is sleep education. When you don't have as much knowledge about how sleep works and how the sleep cycle works and everything, and you're actually, you're actively dealing with sleep issues, then sleep can kind of seem mysterious and frustrating. You know, there's just no, you have no explanation for why you're not sleeping well. And maybe it seems unlikely, unlikely that you can do anything about it. I think that once you learn about things like sleep efficiency and sleep drive and how your body produces melatonin and how your, your body temperature affects your sleep and why that afternoon cup of coffee is not really helping you probably, when you start to understand that, then it really it's, it's suddenly not as mysterious you can start to see how when we make changes to certain things like your routine or your environment or whatever, you can see how and why it's, it's improving your sleep or how and why it's affecting your sleep cycle. And you can kind of understand that you do have the power to, you know, to influence it. You have the power to improve it if you take some measures to do that. But when I'm working with people, I make sure to sprinkle in that education throughout the time together. That makes a big difference as well routines and habits. You know, a lot of us probably know that it's, it's, it can be hard to change habits, especially if you have these bad habits that you've been forming over 10, 20, 30 years, it can be hard to change those and make that change stick over the long haul. You know, I think that's another valuable aspect of coaching in general and of sleep coaching is providing that motivation and support while people work on, on these changes to improve their sleep. And it's, you know, it's helping them visualize the outcome and how the changes will benefit them and motivating them to, to have some self-discipline throughout the process. You know, some people may have, you know, for the past 20 years, they may have woken up at 6 a.m. on weekdays for work. And then on the weekends, they're sleeping until 11. And that is not, not going to be good for sleep in general, for most people. Partly self-discipline to get them to the point where they can, you know, look at keeping a more consistent sleep schedule throughout the week. 
and just, you know, kind of just things like that, you know, it just takes external support sometimes to get people to that point where they can make those changes. You know, even before the pandemic and the election and the economy and, and, you know, kind of heightened racial issues and everything else that we saw in 2020, it was hard for people to, to disconnect. And I've been working with a lot of stressed, anxious people, people who have trouble unplugging from work and people who deal with chronic stress and people who just don't give themselves the, the time to relax. Um, and it shows in their sleep. When I'm working with clients who are kind of in this situation and I work with them on sort of understanding how stress is impacting their sleep, then we talk about you know the relaxation response and how we can sort of make that our friend by practicing it, um, and then we go through you know mindfulness and breathing and taking daily pauses, reserving time before bed for relaxing, and it's amazing how many people just need that. It's amazing how many people just go, you know, they go 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 right up until bedtime, and then they expect to just turn off the lights and fall asleep and sleep soundly. It's part of my job to let them know that it's okay to relax during the day and in the evening and, and take those little pauses and that, you know, in time, you can even come to enjoy relaxing. You know, I love relaxing, but for some people it's actually, it's hard to do. So it's kind of uh, letting people know it's, it's okay to do that for yourself. And then just some other, other things in general, you know, I work with people to address areas of their lives that could use a little nudge to improve them, or maybe there's something in their lives that they could possibly use more of and that they're missing. You know, sometimes we can rest easier when we're filling our buckets, as they say, you know, whether it's more sunlight or movement or improvements, to their sleep environment, whether they're using their devices a little bit too much. If there's a certain hobby that they've been wanting to do, like play guitar, you know, if it's been on their bucket list, you know, and maybe doing that can, can provide some fulfillment. So that might actually help sleep in the long run. Just having more interaction, like I talked about, so there's not feeling of isolation, better work-life balance or nutrition, just, you know, whatever be, might help their sleep that they're, that's missing in their lives. I kind of give them a little nudge to, to maybe look more into that. I'm not a, an expert in a lot of these individual fields. So I'm not a licensed therapist or a uh, certified nutritionist or someone who treats sleep apnea. You know, I'm always quick to refer out if there's, if someone could use help in certain of those areas, more focused help. I've talked a lot about what I do as an adult sleep coach, but that's only half of what my business offers. So I'll just give a little overview of our, the pediatric side of our of things. So as I mentioned before, my wife, Rebecca, and our friend, Sarah, are both amazing uh, pediatric sleep consultants. They are nurses at Children's Hospital, or my, my wife was, and she quit recently to, to focus more on this business. But they work with parents whose children aren't sleeping well. So they've historically focused on babies and toddlers, but they just have finished building a program called Sleep School, um, which is for ages 5 to 12. And what they've found is that you know, as they've been working with a lot of people, they found that there's just not a lot of options out there for older children. So they've got these, you know, have got these older school age kids who are having trouble sleeping, but there's just not a lot of help out there for them. So they created Sleep School by gathering a lot of, you know, research and cons consolidating it into this program. Um, and it's pretty cool. Not only do they coach the parents for how to help their kids sleep, but they also talk directly to the children too. So they hold weekly check-ins with the children, and they ask them, you know, they find out, you know, what's scaring you? What, you know, why are you getting out of bed so much? And things like that, that maybe the child is not actually telling their parents for, for one reason or another. You know, the interaction has been really effective and it's been great to be providing, providing help for these kids who, you know, might, might have been struggling with sleep and not had much, to, much help to turn to.
parents have been getting a lot out of the interactions too. Just, you know, they're kind of getting on the same page as their children with sleep through this sort of third per, third party person who's kind of helping everybody just to, to be on the same page and to, you know, address the sleep problems that, are, that they're seeing. So just over the past year, we started working on getting the word out to local pediatricians and orthodontists and schools and just anybody who, you know, might benefit from, from this and have kids who could benefit from this. And so, you know, if you are affiliated with any company or practice or whatever, who, who works with children who have trouble sleeping or anything, then definitely feel free to reach out and we'll provide some more information about that. I would just love to thank you for, you know, taking the time to learn more about sleep and learn what I do. You know, I love talking about sleep. So if anybody wants to reach out and just, you know, tell me more about what you do and, and we'll just talk about it. And this is my contact information on the screen. So Seth is sleepy.com or 720-487-ZZZZ or 9999. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me and I uh, hope to meet more of you this upcoming year. The Sauna Health and Wellness Podcast is brought to you by Atagi Plastic Surgery and Atagi Skin Aesthetics. Check us out at atagimd.com. A-T-A-G-I-M-D.com. We offer plastic surgery, skin aesthetics, non-surgical treatments, and hormone therapy. Some of the many things we offer include Botox, dermal fillers, Exilis Skin Tightening, Kybella, Skin Aesthetics, All Therapy, Vanquish Fat Reduction, PRP Hair Restoration, PRP Breast Lift, and Hormone Health. Follow us on our website at atagimd.com to learn about all of our specials and events each month. Some of our specials include monthly discounts off products and services or wrinkle-free Wednesdays. Check us out at atagimd.com. Thank you.